Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning, everybody. Grab your seats. My name's Christian. Uh, with Melissa here, we pastor the church, and it's, it's awesome. Like Justin was saying, so many beautiful, smiling faces. It's great to see you. It is great that you're in church. You know, I, I made a statement once, and I'm, I'm, I'm a man of my word. Not, not today, but I am a man of my word. Nicole? <laughs> I thought I had friends in this church. Luke and Michelle brought their newborn baby to church once in a little Tigger outfit. And I said, oh, that's cute. If anybody found me one of those, I'd preach in it. So it looks like the day is coming where I'm going to be preaching as Tigger. So I really appreciate that. Thank you, Nicole. I thought we were friends. However, not today, but in the coming weeks. Tigger will make an appearance, all right? I just, for time's sake, I don't have time. We're running out of time. Hey, it's good. Happy birthday, Annette, my favorite mother-in-law. Of all the mother, no, she's my only mother-in-law. I've never had any of this. We love you, you're amazing. Brian and Heather, come up here for a sec, Grandma. So Grandma is 89 years old, 89 years young. Come up here, Heather. This woman is unbelievable. And I don't say this for she, she is unbelievable. A woman of faith. How long have you been a Christian? All my life, pretty well. So pretty well, 89 years, 80, 85 years, yeah, something like that. You gave your life like to that, yes, when, when I was a, a child. <coughs> and, and so you've walked with God all that time. You've always prayed for your families. You yeah. pray for your grandkids. Mm-hmm. You always send nice, beautiful cards with scriptures in it. And you, you've encouraged your entire family and covered them in prayer her entire life. This, uh, how many grandkids do you have? Great grandkids. Any, all of them. <laughs> I've got thir- nearly 30 great-grandchildren, and I've got uh, 14 grandchildren. Unbelievable. Hmm. And you've, but you've just been faithful all your life. You've always walked with it, and you've had a, you've had a, a life that's had some twists and turns and some yes, tough times. Yes, it's been and, up and down. But you've always walked with God. Always walked with God. How God did, has did, always been with me. And how did, you, how did you maintain that? Because people come and go and you hit a rocky patch, you hit a hard patch. And well, I did get away from the Lord for a period of time. And my daughter here, she was praying for me all the time. And, um, but I did get away from the Lord for, for a few years. And I was living it up and doing things I'd never done before. I, I can't edit this, we're live. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, then... I came back to the Lord, and I've been back with him ever since. You're amazing. Mm. Heather, can we, can we salute Heather this morning? A beautiful, faithful, godly woman. We love you. You're amazing. Thanks, Heather. Thank All right. So I started last week. We're going to come around the word, I promise you. JP's looking at me like, mate, just, just preach the word. So we're getting there. But I, I started last week with a joke. Was the joke all right? Anybody remember the joke? Okay. We, we, we won't go there. I thought I'd start this week with a joke. You know, and it's, and it's titled, I don't want to go to church. <coughs> Try to quiet in the cheap seats. I don't want to go to church, all right? It says, a mother went to wake her son for church one Sunday morning, and when she knocked on his door, he said, I'm not going. Why not, the mother asked. I'll give you two good reasons, he said. One, they don't like me, and two, I don't like them. His mother replied, I'll give you two good reasons why you will be going to church. One, you're 47 years old, and two, you're the pastor. That's a good reason to go. I'm only in my 30s, so that's not talking about me. I love coming here. I love all of you. Brilliant. 
You're not going to be quiet on me this morning, are you? Come on, let's have some fun. This is church. Let's have some fun in church. And life is a funny thing. Uh, would anybody agree? Life's a funny thing. You know, I was thinking through this morning, every day we're faced with routines. We have have-tos, need-tos, and want-tos. That, that's life. Um, the things we have to do, things we need to do, and then there's things we really want to do. So, uh, in other words, we live lives of ideals, but then we're faced with realities. Have I lost anybody yet? We, we, we've got the ideal life. This would be the life I'm dreaming of. This is the life I want, but this is the life I'm living. You see, because Joe wants to be a pro surfer. He loves surfing. He wants to travel the circuit. Well, let's just say Maddie. Maddie wants to be a pro surfer. She wants to travel the circuit, surf the best waves in the world. But his reality is he's a builder looking for work. Or Jane wants to be a supermodel and walk the catwalks of the globe. But her reality is she's a 23-year-old stay-at-home mum. Yes? Most of us have a, a dream and an ideal, but we live in an alternate reality. Just statistics would say that most of us in this room would be living in an alternate reality to the one we want or thought we would have. Mate, I look like deer in headlights here. I've lost some people. Come back. This will, will make sense, I promise you. Just like Justin was saying, Abraham had a promise from God. God said, come out of your tent. So the message title today is Lifted High. I want to talk about things we lift high in life, some that aren't beneficial, some that are. And I want, I want to look at these, but, but Abraham is called by God to come outside of that limited place of vision to see what God had for him. And he, and he had a promise spoken into his world. I'm going to make you the father of many nations. But he had no kids. And his wife couldn't fall pregnant. But something had been spoken into his life as a promise from God. What do I do with that? What do I do whilst in my alternate reality when I, because I don't really want to be here, but I really want to be over here. And then what happens when I'm in my alternate reality, but things start lining up with what I was dreaming for, and then it's taken from me. Like a, a Maria, you don't have a child thinking it's going to have a heart condition. And then when it does, you're, you're, you're blessed because you've got your child, but then you're in a situation that didn't look like you thought it would. What do you do? You walk a journey, and God does the rest. So a three-year journey, and then healing takes place because we walk the journey in faith. We'll get there. We'll get there. The eyes are... Whew. If you have a look at society today, that with media and pop culture, everybody is striving to be something, to be someone, to scale the heights. We've got MasterChef the, the, to, to identify the, the Australia's best amateur cook. We've got... X Factor, we've got The Voice, we've got Australia's Got Talent, now we've got a spelling bee. I'm going to be able to tell you who's the smartest kid in Australia when it comes to spelling. We're all striving to achieve and be something, but what happens when I don't? What happens when I don't quite get there? How can I stay in joy and peace on the journey when I'm living in an alternate reality to perhaps the one that I'd choose? Ask anybody what they want to be. Nobody's going to say a bum. Nobody's going to say on welfare. Nobody's going to say homeless. They're all going, I want to be a CEO. I want to be an astronaut. I want to be a whatever. Nobody wants to fail, and God hasn't created us to fail, but what do I do along the journey? How do I keep journeying well? 
How do I keep journeying in faith? How do you journey for 89 years in God, doing it well and smiling? Because life's a funny thing. It takes twists. It takes turns. We, we get buffeted by storms. We get attacked by people, the enemy, whatever. How do I keep going? How do I keep focused on what I know I've been called to? And we all have dreams and heroes that we hold up in, in high esteem, and that's cool. But not all things that we go after, not all things that we lift up high in life are beneficial to our world. The things that I think I need, perhaps, are maybe not the things that are best for my life. You know, there's a scripture in Proverbs that says, there is a way that seems right to man, but in its end is death. It seems right. I should be doing this. I want to go for this. This seems like the right thing to do. And the Bible says, in its end is death. So in other words, perhaps this is God's ways work and ours don't always. So my way should be submitted to his ways and there should be a cross-reference there so that I can walk into the fulfillment of the dreams that I ultimately have. Um, it says this in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 10, it says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. The funny thing about the life that we've been given is we can do what we like. We've been given free will. We've been given the ability to walk whatever path we want to in life. I can, I can try and become a famous actor. I can try and get millions of dollars. I can do all these things. I can work hard and I can strive, but perhaps it's not God's intention for my world or going to be totally beneficial for my future. Another version says, all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. So it, it's natural to list, lift things up high and to dream and to set goals and to push ourselves. But whenever we put a pursuit or a passion or a person ahead of God, it's gone from being a good thing to becoming a bad thing. It's gone from being a good thing to becoming an idol in our world. And God says, I, I'll have none of that in my, you know, in my life. If you're a follower of me, because here's the thing, God doesn't mind you wanting and dreaming and pursuing and having passions as long as those things that he put in your heart anyway don't come before him. The Bible says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So dream and have pursuits and have goals and visions for a big future, but don't let them take the place of God. Don't let them be, for, be before the one that put them in your heart in the first place. Does that make sense? Psalm 34, 37, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you <clears throat> the desires of your heart. So if buying that house, marrying that person, getting that promotion, becoming famous, having lots of money or anything else gets more attention and priority in your world, it has to go. Can I encourage you this way? It's got to go. Go for nice things. Have nice things. Get nice things. Be blessed in life, but don't let them come before God in your world. It says in Exodus 20, starting in verse 1, it says, Then God gave all the people these instructions. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other gods but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or of any image or anything, of anything in the heavens or of the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children to the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love 
and obey me and keep my commands. That's awesome. That is awesome. We can have no other God but the one true living God, but the blessings that flow from making him number one in our life will not only just pour down upon our lives, it'll pour down upon generations to come. A thousand generations to come. I want my kids blessed. I want my grandkids blessed. I want my great-grandkids blessed. I want my, the lineage. I, I want there to be a, a, a heritage that, that my kids have. of My, my great-grandfather, my grandfather, my dad was a man of faith. He, he walked the line of, that God had for him. He walked in righteousness. He walked in integrity. And as a result, I know I'm blessed. And I don't know about you, but that, that can be the result of your life. Because so, so often we're going after things here but that others are going to pay the price for. I want to I submit here so that others can be blessed because of my obedience to God. That's just me. So what do we do? How do we stay or remain content with what we've got whilst dreaming for what we want? Amen? Paul said, the Apostle Paul in Philippians 4, he says, not that I speak in regard to need, because I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. Do you know contentment is a learned practice? Can, you know, you go, well, I'm, I'm just not content. I don't have what I want, or I didn't get what I, I thought I would, or I'm, I'm facing a challenge that I don't want to be in. Contentment is a learned practice. I can learn to become content, because you may not have what you want right now, but you're journeying towards it. And who knows that God may take you on a twist or a turn to actually get you something that's better for your life if you can be content in the season you're in. Ecclesiastes says there's a time and season for everything under heaven. Ecclesiastes 3, there's a time and season, a time to die, a time to rise, a time to cry and a time to, to laugh. There's, there's a time for everything under heaven and God's timing for your life is perfect. God's timing, there's seasons that I've walked through, I went, what is this? I don't want this. I don't like this. I don't feel like I need this. But then I get on the other side of this and I realize there's a fulfillment of a promise that God had already made in my life back here, Abraham, 25 years ago, where he, he wanted to pour provision into my world. He wanted to bring more vision into my life. He wanted to, to unlock heaven over my world and I wouldn't have received it here if I didn't stay here. I'll get back to the word because I'm getting those looks again. Um, I've learned to be content. I know how to be abased and I know how to be. I know how to have, have nothing and I know how to have everything. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Can I encourage you this morning, in your life, where you find yourself right now, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. If you will allow God to work in you and move in your world and your circumstances, it will work together for good. Romans 8 says that. All things work together for good for those who love the Lord, who are called according to his purposes. So, so what do we do? How do we do this thing? In Matthew 6, and I, I want to share this with you and then just look at a few things that we should lift up high, a few things that we should lift up in life. But Matthew 6, starting in verse 25, says this. Therefore I say to you, and this is just kind of in line with what Justin was prophesying this morning as he prayed. Therefore I say to you, don't worry about your life. Everybody say, don't worry. It's easier said than done, right? Because I don't know where you're at and I don't know what you're facing and I don't know what the challenges are. But the Bible says, don't worry. If you're going to take your direction from anything in life, take it from the word of God. The immutable, the unfallible, the unchanging word of God that is a word of truth that can be a rock that you can stand upon as a foundation in life. Take your lead from the word of God. 
Because if he spoke it, and we know that he did, the Bible says that the, the word of God is the inspired word of God. If, if, if God spoke this, this is what he wants for your life. That this is his desire for your life. That you wouldn't be far, uh, filled with worry and concern and anxiety. Where's my next dollar coming from? Where's the next job coming from? Where am I going to get a partner from? Do you know, there are single men out there I need a woman, I need a woman, I need a woman, I want to get married, I want to get married. There are married men out there going, oh no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> what we think we need in life isn't always what we need. Don't worry. The timing's perfect. God's got this. He's in control. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them are you not of more value than they? Are you not of more value than the animals in the field, than the birds of the air? God holds you in such esteem. He values you so much that he wants you to rest in him, not in what you want, not in what you desire, not in you know, what you're, you're judging is, is what you need. Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all his glory, the greatest king that ever lived, the most rich man that ever walked the planet, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he not clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry. This is all through this passage of Scripture. Don't worry. Worry is eroding the foundation of society. And people act contrary to who they actually are because of worry. If we could get rid of worry, people would actually see us for who we are. But so often we, we live in this alternate state of reality and we act outside of our personality because we're carrying worries, fears and anxieties that should have been given to God. Hebrews 12 says, because we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Hebrews 12 follows Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the great faith chapter of the Bible. It talks about all the heroes of faith. I want to encourage you, go through Hebrews this week. It'll, it'll bless you. Read, read all through Hebrews, but read all through chapter 11. The first half of chapter 11 talks about men and women of faith that, that entered into glory, being in faith, seeing the miracles of God take place in their life. The second part of Hebrews 11 is all about the men and women of God who died, not receiving the promise, but still stayed in faith. And then it goes on to chapter 12, it says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight, anxiety, fear. Let us cast off every weight and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance, the race set before us, looking under Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Who, for the joy set before him, endured the cross, scorning its shame, and is now seated at the right hand of the Father. Let's cast off. Can I, can I encourage you today? Just, just make an active decision. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let go of fear. I'm going to let go of worry. I'm going to let go of anxiety. And God, I'm going to take a hold of you. I'm going to take a hold of everything that you have for me. I'm going to look you in the face. I'm going to run the race that you've called me to. I'm not going to be limited or held bound or held back in life because of anything that the devil or any other person tries to put on me. Amen? Come on. What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? After all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. Here's, here's the answer. How do we do this life well? 
How do, you, how, do you, how do you walk through adversity? How do you walk in an alternate reality? How do, you, how do you keep going forward? How do you keep pressing into all that God has for you? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough concern for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Don't worry, seek God. Don't worry, seek God. My, my question of you for this week is, how many times did you worry and how many times did you seek God? Did you pray about the situation more than you spoke about the situation? Did you pray about the situation more than you thought about the situation? Did you give to God what's concerning you, what's eating you up, what's weighing you down? Or did you just, did you just battle along with the very thing that's sitting on top of you? Life wants to squash you, it wants to, but, but God came to give you the good life. He came to give you the big life, the abundant life that is blessed of heaven. Not just so that we get, but so that we can live blessed and bless others. Amen? Is this helping anybody? Jace, you doing all right? Big night? Long night? Come on, you're awesome. So here's the thing, I had a thought this morning. For our lives to be a true reflection of what God created them to be, there are certain things we should lift high in life. Besides our aspirations and our dreams, and our, there's certain things we should lift high. And if we lift these things high, they will, they will be beneficial to our world and our future. Amen? First thing is this, lift up your eyes. I love what Justin, when he was sharing before about Abraham. God said to him, Abraham, come outside of that tent and lift high your eyes. Can I encourage you this morning, stop looking at your circumstance. Stop looking at that, that frustration and that point of limitation in you. Lift up your eyes. Look beyond the challenge and the circumstance and look to God. You know, it says here, it says, um, I lift my eyes, Psalm 121, to where my help comes from. To where my help comes from. God is our ever-present help in times of trouble. He is the one that wants to meet you at your point of need, at your point of frustration, at a point of trouble. We talk about, let's take Noosa as a city for Christ. We have to get beyond, we have to be those people that can live like this, where despite my circumstance, despite my challenge, despite what comes against me, I'm going to lift my eyes. Because I know God's got, a, got all this under control, and I'm going to get a vision for the future. I'm going to get a vision for the, the, the enlarged life that God has for me. You know, the word says in Psalm 34, it says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. God wants you to see his goodness in your world. He wants the, the reality of your life to be that you actually see him move on your behalf. What's taste? Taste is an experience. When I taste something, I experience it. When I eat an apple, I, I, I can taste it. I can taste it whether it's bitter, whether it's sweet. It's an experience. What is seeing? Seeing is having a vision. It, it, it's getting a vision for. God wants you to experience and see his goodness in your world. Yes? He wants to be close. He wants to be intimate. He wants you to lift up your eyes so he can pour into your world all that he has for you. You know, Jeremiah 29 says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope. And so often I think we, we get in the middle of a situation and go, is this, is this punishment for something I did? Is this actually God's will for my life? No, 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 it's life. It's just life. We all face challenges. We all face tough times. We need to rise above. Lift up your eyes and see that the Lord is good. You know, Isaiah 40 says, lift up your eyes, look to the heavens. Who created all of these? Who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them forth each by name because of his great power and mighty strength? Not one of them is missing. There's nothing missing in God when we look to him. What he calls out is what will be. 
God has your future under control. He has what he has for you as a blessing, ready and waiting for you. We just need to walk in the moment, believing for a better day tomorrow. Amen? Amen. Second thing I'd say is lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. What is lifting up our hands? Lifting up our hands to God is an international sign of surrender. When we lift up our hands, if somebody's on a battlefield and waves a white flag, they're surrendering. When we lift up our hands and say, God, I give you my life. Uh, can I encourage you here this morning? Lift up your hands. Do it as an active sign in your world. Get in your prayer closet. Get in your lounge room. Get wherever it is and say, God, I surrender. I, sur- I, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how to do this thing you've called me to do. I surrender. I'm giving it back to you. You know, I, I, like, like that song was saying, my heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Surrender. You know, it says in Timothy, it says, I desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Get rid of, get rid of wrath. Get rid of fighting. Get rid of arguing. Just get rid of anger in your world. Lift up your hands and pray and say, God, be with me. God, be, be the light to my path, the, the lamp to my feet. Lead me today in the journey you've called me to. Lift up your hands. Third thing I'd say is lift up your voice. Let praise always be found on your lips. Can I encourage you, don't be a negative person. Don't speak negativity over your own world. Don't speak negativity over other people. Don't speak negativity about the city that we find ourselves in. Noosa is alive for Christ. It is ready for a revival. It's ready for the Spirit of God to move through. People are coming to Christ. People are entering into relate. Speak positively about your future. Lift up your, my God is an awesome God. The Bible says magnify the Lord. Make Him bigger. Speak Him up. Speak positive magnify the Lord. You know, it says, you know, Philemon 1.6, it says that the sharing of your faith may become evident by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Every good thing that has been put in you, Christ Jesus put in there. It says, but that the sharing of your faith may become effective by the acknowledgement. People need to know what good thing God has done in your life. What good thing, it shouldn't just rest there dormant. Tell people about it. God blessed me. He healed my daughter. God blessed me. I, I got out of a financial situation. God, bl- I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm bl- Let praise be on you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing me. You know what does Thessalonians say? It says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. Rejoice always. What is God's portion for you in life? Joy. Peace. His presence. He he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. If you have God and that's all you've got, you've got everything you need to live contented, to live joy-filled, to live in peace. Does anybody believe me this morning? Stefan, you with me? We're good? Fantastic, Stefan's on, so we're fine. I'm telling you, God will be praised. It says in Luke 19, then as he was now drawing near the descent of Mount of Olives, the whole multitude and the disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they'd seen him doing, saying, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you that if these should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. God will be worshipped. He will be, he's a God that demands our attention and our worship, our praise. Let it be found on your lips. 
I've, I always say that, you know, the power of God active in our life is directly proportional to his praise on our lips. Ephesians 3.20, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or imagine, to him be the glory in the church. Can I tell you, the church should be shouting aloud from the mountaintops, our God is a mighty God. Our God is an awesome God. Our God will raise you up. Our God will give you vision. Our God will give you hope. You need what we've got. That's, that's the church. That's who we are as the army of God. We should, be, we should have his praise on our lips. Psalm 145 says, My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh shall bless his holy name forever and ever. Can I get the band to come back up, Loz? Fourth thing, two more things. Is this all right? Just cut it here, or two more things? Two more things? Okay, fair enough. Thank Luke said I could. Can I, a hand, one minute? A hand, any hand? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Fantastic, we've got heaps of time. Fourth thing is this. Lift other people up. Lift others up. If you want to experience the fulfillment of your dreams and desires, lift others up. Help somebody else reach their goals. Help somebody else live a good life. Help somebody else enter into breakthrough. Lift others up. John 15 says, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And greater love has no one than this, than he would lay down one's life for his friends. You know, we know through the word, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. He came to lay his life down for others last thing is this if you want your life to reflect the creator if you want your life to reflect the pattern to which it's been molded lift up Jesus I want the house I want the wife I want the nice car I want the new boat can I tell you let's just push all that aside I want Jesus he's going to be my number one priority I, I, I want more of you Jesus today I want more of you in my life we, we're not doing religion here. We're doing relationship. And I, my, my prayer and my desire is that you would fall more in love with Jesus every day. That there would be more of a burning hunger on the inside of Him, of you, for Him, each and every day. As you read the Word, as you have time in prayer, as you walk along a lake, or whatever it is that you do, that you would sense Jesus. And that you'd, you'd, you'd come alive as the song was, as, you, as your knees hit the ground. Psalm 34 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Can we stand this morning? Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let his, let's exalt his name together. Let's sing this through one more time. And I'll tell you what I want to do. I just, we're going to dismiss service and we're going to have coffee and we're going to fill in forms for those that are interested in RI. I want to open the altar. You might want a fresh encounter with God this morning. You might be sitting here going, you know what, I'm feeling a little dry, feeling a little tired. I just love some prayer. As we just enter back into worship, if you need to leave, go and get kids, that's fine. But if you're saying, you know what, I, I want a fresh touch from God this morning, I'd love you to come forward just as we worship and we'll just pray this morning. Amen. We love you, church. You're awesome. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.